0: Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit com for more details. What are the best robotic stocks to invest in? Well, that's a question we're going to try to answer today. Now, the emergence of ChatGPT has a lot of people starting to become concerned about how artificial intelligence is progressing. And that seems to recall a lot of the stories that we've seen in science fiction movies about robots getting out of control. And usually there's some humanoid element to them. So Asimov's rules of the robot are quite fun to read. A robot can't injure a human being or through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. That's the most important rule the idea being that artificial intelligence will choose to override that rule and then the robot must obey orders uh, unless it violates that first rule and protect its own existence unless it violates rules one and two so it's all rather clever and a way to keep the robot overlords under control now when we think about robots it's usually these humanoid manifestations and this video here is great it's from Boston Dynamics and this robot is doing a dance and it's um, very very impressive how dexterous it is and how well it can move and that uh, of course is a demo that somebody put together and and made perfect Uh, other videos show the um, bloopers of the robot doing various things on the left here you see Tesla's manifestation of a humanoid robot. We certainly can't discount the creativity of Mr. Musk in bringing a uh, humanoid robot to reality. And obviously, these will be used for tasks that uh, initially will be used for tasks that are dirty and dangerous. So when we think about investing in robotics, we need to get away from this humanoid uh, imagination that we have and start thinking about other aspects of robotics that uh, could be lucrative. So how do robots see? Well, they use computer vision and LiDAR. So you might think of an autonomous vehicle as an advanced robot because it is. Uh, You have the ears of robots. So that would be the ability to interpret human language. That's called natural language processing. Uh, There's the limbs of robots. These would be cobots. You have large robot swarms such as warehouse automation. Uh, but we're going to exclude largely the software only components such as robotic process automation. Uh, there are there other uh, pick and shovel plays? Sure, but we've uh, presented some here. And in each of these cases, There's a publicly traded company that we might be able to invest in to get exposure. Now, when we invest in a particular theme, we look for leaders. So we're risk-averse tech investors. Now, when we decided to take a step back and look at the universe of robotics stocks out there, we did what we've done in other domains, such as in semiconductors, and we said, what what are the leading ETFs? These are exchange traded funds that cover robotics? Well, there's two of them. you can see we've highlighted them here on the right. there's the Global X and the Robo Global and they've uh, amassed a decent amount of assets under management over a billion dollars each. And we asked the question here, what are the odds a robotics leader was missed by both ETF providers? So if we took, the names from each of these ETFs, and we combined them into a unique list, it's highly likely that any leaders in robotics would be represented in that list. Now, of course, there will also be lots of extraneous names, companies that... Uh, aren't viable pure plays on robotics. That's just because ETF providers need to get quite creative when they put these things together. So we started with the Robo Global ETF, and we just went to their website and downloaded the latest CSV that stands for comma separated. Um, actually, I can't recall what that stands for, uh, but it's a comma delimited file, and. It opens up in Excel and then you can start to play around with it. And here you can see the top holdings Well, we downloaded that. Then we went over to the other ETF providers website and we downloaded their list. But before doing so, we noted uh, some interesting little um marketing tidbits here. So the global robotics market is valued at $55 billion in 2021. That's moving to $91 billion by 2026. The average cost of an industrial robot declined from $46,000 in 2010 to 27 k in 2017. It's going to dip below 11 k by 2025. So we should see a lot of robots being used in factories and whatnot. And this last statement here, robotics and AI, so their ETF combines robotics with AI, which kind of makes sense when you think about it. It says robotics and AI have wide-reaching applications extending far beyond industrial activity. Going back to our point about really getting creative when you think about robotics. Now, The top 10 holdings here are fairly different from the other ETF. You'll notice a lot of Japanese representation. So we downloaded the CSV for this ETF as well. Then what we did is we combined the names. So Robo had 80 names and the other ETF had 43 or vice versa. But we needed to deduplicate that list. So there's a function in Excel, you can see here, we click the icon, remove duplicates. And that will effectively you'll have to select two columns there, you could probably select one. And we did it on ticker. Fortunately, they use a similar Ticker formats, then you just click remove duplicates and then you get a list of 104 names. Now, this is where the real work begins. So, the first thing that we did is we wanted to exclude any names we've already covered. So, we've written 190 research pieces on investing in robotics over the years and covered a lot of different firms. So, 57 names here can actually I want to say not names here, but 57 names of robotic stocks can be found in our tech stock catalog. They may not necessarily be in the ETFs. Um, we previously identified three of our top robotics stocks from that list of 57. We invested in one, and now we want to find another. So in order to do that, we're going to go back to the beginning and start at the top and whittle our way down and screen through all these different stocks. Now, once we've removed anything that we've already looked at, we wanna exclude anything that's too big or too small based on our size buckets, the target sizes that we, uh, of stocks that we want to accumulate. We drop stocks that aren't easy to follow, and we've run into problems before trying to analyze Japanese stocks. Back in the day when I uh, worked in a finance capacity, I managed a team that we were trying to migrate to um. Uh, let's say, what we called uh, emerging markets centers of excellence, more or less uh, outsourcing jobs, moving them from a highly paid developed markets staff to lower paid emerging market staff. And we had a very tough time trying to find anyone in the Philippines that could read Uh, or speak Japanese, that was uh, very critically important to the operational functions because Japan is such a unique place. Uh, Aside from Mandarin uh, capabilities, which we had in a a sort of a separate group, uh, Japanese was uh, something that uh, we absolutely had to have in order to navigate that environment. So once we've gotten through all that. We'll see what we have left. Now, in order to figure out what stocks we already covered, we used VLOOKUP. This is a very handy function. I always get confused if it's false or true at the end. It's false, actually. Uh, Depending on what you're trying to do, you'll just have to play around with it. So you can open up our tech stock catalog that's available to premium subscribers. There's 460 stocks in there. Uh, You can filter on robotics. As I said, we have 57 in there. Um, You can then add a new tab, use VLOOKUP, and quickly identify all the the stocks we've covered and then pull in attributes such as whether we uh, like a stock, uh, love a stock, or are avoiding a stock, or notes or links to our latest research pieces or whatever. Now, once we've identified these, then we can remove them from the universe because we no longer need to look at them. Now, when we did that VLOOKUP, we found 29 stocks in these in the, the combined list of robotic stocks from these two ETFs, 29 out of the 104 we've covered before. 14 we're avoiding. That list you can see here on the left. And some names such as 3D Systems, Materialize, Stratasys. Those are 3D printing. We wouldn't consider those to be robotic stocks, and they probably just threw them in there for some flavor. You also have Pega Systems, It's RPA, Upstart Holdings. That's just a a weird one to include. That's a fintech firm. And you'll see some other names in there. We've written research pieces on every single one of these companies. And you can go look them up on our website and, and read our research as to why we're avoiding them. On the right, these are some more interesting names. These are companies we like, which means we'd consider owning them. So Cognex recently took a big hit on their share price, presumably because revenue growth is slowing. We pointed out before, rather recently, that they don't do a very good job of describing their business segments and letting investors know where the problems are. And we went today and looked at their investor relations section of their website. And of course, there's no color around that you'd need to dig in. We don't like to hold stocks that uh, don't provide sufficient color about their business activities. We need metrics and we need decks. We need things that investors can go uh, uh, peruse and find out information about companies. You have iRobot, they're going to be acquired by Amazon. I don't know what's going on with them. iRhythm Technologies, that's more of a medical devices firm. Intuitive Surgical is very very interesting, but we're really overweight life sciences at the moment. And whilst you can argue that's robotics, we decided not to hold that firm because of its life sciences and medical devices exposure. We have some pretty decent medical devices exposure in our uh, dividend growth portfolio. You have OmniCell doing some interesting stuff with automation for pharmacies, Procept, biorobotics we covered quite recently, a robotic surgery firm that we like. And then there's PTC, really interesting what they're doing with converting their on-premise software to SaaS and realizing this uplift just from that conversion. It's a really cool article and you ought to, I'll put a link to that article in the description of this video, particularly because it's it's rather interesting. Uh, but PTC, they have somewhere around, I think, 40% of their business is in cad and they're not a leader and it's rather stale and competitive so that isn't a firm that we would consider investing in. certainly not a traditional uh, what you think of uh, when you think about robotics because it's all software now Uh, What we're left with would be 75 stocks to go through, 50 of those, so two-thirds are foreign stocks, lots of Asian representation, as the DEI folks would say. We have 21 Japanese firms, four Chinese firms, and three Korean firms. So um, each of those, or let's say that entire lot of Asian firms is sort of its, its own monster that we'd have to go through and start looking and seeing, well, The Japanese firms may have ADRs trading here in the States, but do they provide sufficient detail on what they're doing so we can understand what that is? That will be the topic of a future presentation. So just to conclude, we need to expand how we're thinking about robots, and that's why the title of this presentation was about robotics stocks, not robot stocks. Um, One thing we noticed, there's numerous SPAC issues that aren't in this list. For example, There's a whole slew of LiDAR companies, somewhere around eight, and we've covered all of them. Uh, We just saw one in this list, and the rest were nowhere to be seen. You have Ouster recently merging with Velodyne. Uh, That doesn't seem to bode well for Ouster, but uh, we're certainly due for a revisit on the LiDAR thesis. The problem is that there's just a lot of small companies out there, and it doesn't seem to to be gaining sufficient traction as we would expect. But again, we're due for a revisit. You also have Symbotic. I believe they're working with, is it Walmart or Amazon? They're working with a large company. And that's when you have a robotics firm that's selling a solution to uh, a single giant company who represents a majority of their business, then that's very problematic because they have no power at the negotiating table. Now, speaking of which... Uh, we have cognex and an information problem. That's, I guess, the second issue that uh, we're running into when we're looking at robotics firms is this lack of information around segments and what firms are actually doing. If we're not made aware of who their key customers are or where all their revenues are coming from, then we can easily get blindsided by things like, you know, customer concentration risks and things like that. So, as I said, our next piece will dive into Asian robotics stocks. And I've put up another video here that looks at the three best robot stocks that we had identified before. Before you watch that video, please click this Nanalyze logo on the right, subscribe to our channel. Thanks for taking the time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.